It's a hot summer night and we've just embarked on a road trip in a Volkswagen bus into the Finger Lakes of New York near Lake Ontario, our East Coast version of Napa Valley. I'm sitting on a log with my friends poking a dwindling fire in a small camping commune. Someone roughs up the fire as it roars into the dark sky. Ouch, I say, brushing an ember off my thigh. I'm wearing a thin pair of jeans with a long, flowing sundress that I paired with a thin zip-up jacket in case I feel cold. We are discussing the existence of objects in nature, such as fire, as a piece of wood burning brightly appears translucent. I feel like if I poke that thing, the stick will go straight through it, I say as I poke it and the stick breaks, it looks like lava. In the near distance, campers move around the field with flashlights and small campfires are scattered along the rolling hills just beyond a bathhouse. The environment is still and quiet except for distant echoes of a fast-paced samba beat. Distracted, our heads turn toward a large shadow projecting upon the side of a white camper. We look at each other in confusion and turn our attention toward the fire as an acorn, flung from a tree, lands at my feet. Angry squirrels? I ask. It's the shadow man, my friend says. We tilt our chins above the blazing fire to gaze upon a wooden picnic canopy as a shadowy figure on the roof ducks. We quickly turn our heads toward each other and back up again. While sitting frozen with all our senses tuned into the disturbance in the force, another acorn lands at my feet. I imagine a South American gremlin about three feet high with gnarly teeth casting shadows on camping equipment, vanishing into rows of pine trees, and scaling roofs to play tricks on us. Sometimes these things just have a way of knowing I say. Knowing what? He asks as I gaze at him in a serious manner with firm eyebrows and pupils wide as dimes. The gremlin moans. He's spitting at us, what do you think that means? I ask. Let's just ignore it and it will go away, he says. Our friend, who was missing in action, suddenly appears by the fireside as if he never left. We stare at him blankly as he attempts to join the conversation. I wait a moment and say, it was you. It was me what? He asks. Confused I try to explain, well, there was a just a minute ago never mind. We take a walk down the hill to a small pond following the sound of ducks. As we approach the pond overgrown with lilies and cattails, the ducks quack louder. I stop and squint at the empty pond, where are all the ducks? My friend laughs and says, those are frogs. I laugh at nature's trickery and at my own ignorance as we sit on a bench facing the pond at the base of the hill and close our eyes. What is that glowing blue light hovering above that house? I ask. Wi-Fi, he says. Why is wireless internet on an antenna above a house? What if you need to reset it? I ask. With a remote control, he says. I laugh in amusement at his quick and confident responses to my bewilderment. I don't understand the concept. He responds with, to show its signal. We turn our bodies to face a flashlight fumbling outside a tent. We're in amusement and stricken by bafflement at the sight of a dozen garden lights and bulbs dangling on a string beyond the welcome sign. Do they live there? I ask. Walking down the center of a dark, empty road we are quickly enveloped in a misty fog, the trees grow larger while reaching for the sky. It feels like we are walking for an eternity into nothingness, I thought. Maybe we should sit down. I suggest. It's just up here, there must be something good at the end my friend says. The fog clears as we approach Cayuga Lake. This must be what it felt like for ancient explorers to reach land, I thought. He points and says enthusiastically, there's a dock over there. We walk onto the dock and sit at the end, dangling our feet in the cool water. 
It feels like watery jello. I don't like it, I say despairingly as I pull my foot out and pat it dry, it feels wet from within. We flip a switch on the wooden peg of the dock as the lake lights up around us, and we giggle like children as we pick up our shoes and run barefoot to the entrance of the dock. Walking by the lake on the concrete road along a blossoming garden hillside, we sit down. I take a deep breath and stare at the flickering lights on the other side of the lake. I wonder if they ever visit each other, I ponder. I lie down and outstretch my arms along the concrete feeling its rough surface, rubbing gravel between my fingers. Boats rock back and forth in the docks and the water dances with the reflections of the moon and a dimly lit light post. I close my eyes and listen to the scenery, water lapping against the bank, boats rocking in the docks, crickets chirping, frogs burping, birds grunting in their nest, a cat stretching its paws on a porch, ants crawling in the dirt, the sounds of nature flood my eardrums, carrying me deep into my imagination. I'm sprawled out on a plush forest floor and bend my chin to look down at myself. I'm wearing a shimmering green outfit and my belly is exposed. My pale skin and long, red hair are glowing as a small braid wraps around the crown of my head. The warmth of the sun shines upon my face and the illumination grows brighter as the ball of fire rises higher into the sky above the trees. I turn my head to the side and watch bugs crawl up and down the stems of plants as a macaw picks at its orange and blue feathers with its beak. And just like that it's gone, and I am staring wide-eyed into the cosmos on a concrete road along a garden hillside.